Okay, we're back. Up next, we're going to talk to author Rhea Fry, talk about her new book, Because You're Mine. Good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. Uh, You were on a little while ago, and uh, here you are with your next book. That must be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So tell me about how your latest book, Because Your Mind, came about. You know, I actually, when I got this um, two-book deal, so when I signed for my first book, I got a two-book deal, and I actually did not know what the second book was going to be. So when I was kind of thinking about ideas, I realized I was in the midst of raising um, an only child, my daughter, with other mothers who were also raising only children. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, the idea for this book kind of started when we were sitting around one day talking about what would happen if one of us died and left our child without a guardian, which is a super uplifting conversation. Wow, (laughs) yes. Mm. um, (laughs) Yeah, but I kind of feel like, you know, that's, every parent's worst fear, especially if you're a single parent or don't have that family network. Um, So we started talking about that. And if we would trust each other as friends to kind of carry that weight of raising someone else's child. So the idea, the general idea started from there, but the book obviously became a lot more complex than that. But that was kind of the kernel of the idea. Mm -hmm. And then did it just start to unfold as an outline or did you just start cranking this out? You know, the book actually, if I'm being honest, it started a little bit more as a women's fiction book where we had four different points of view with these four different girlfriends. And as I got more, um, got further into it, I realized that it was kind of going to need to be more of a suspense novel like my first book. So it became dark very quickly. Um, We changed the points of view to have these three different characters, Lee, Grace, and Noah, who are telling these stories, and when the book starts, each one of them has a secret. So for me as a writer, I'm super interested in kind of the image we portray to the world and how, like, everything's great, and here we are on social media, and we're doing all these amazing things, but I'm often interested in what lurks beneath the surface, the secrets that we can be keeping, the past that we're trying to hide, and um, for this book in particular, the loyalty that we can sometimes have to family and the links we're willing to go for that family um, that no one really knows about. So I I love like digging beneath the surface a little bit. Did you always have this interest in this type of writing? I mean, when did you first start writing? You know, I've always written something. (laughs) I grew up with a dad who was very prolific and really introduced me to words at a young age. I learned to read by reading the TV guide. Wow. <laughs> People even remember what that, yeah. what that was. Um, but yeah, when I, when I grew up, I really started writing letters. I was a huge letter writer. And actually now today I have a seven-year-old and I write her handwritten letters Aww. every single night because I feel like kids don't really get to experience what that's like yes. to, to write letters, you know, right. back and forth. Um, and then, you know, I, I was always writing stories and, and had my hand in all kinds of things. But as I got older, I did go to school for creative writing. But then I found myself um, actually serving as a journalist on three different death row cases. Um, so working with convicted killers and actually writing letters back and forth to inmates and um, oh writing gosh. for newspapers and, and all of that. So I quickly became interested in the why uh, behind these these three cases um, in particular, and all, all three cases, all three 
um, convicted killers were, you know, proclaiming their innocence. And okay. I just really got so heavily invested in their stories and kind of where things might have gone wrong along the path. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm super, super interested in just kind of our reasoning behind why we do the things that we do. And I think that drives all of my writing, actually. It sounds like you have a detective mind. like you. Want to I do have a detective mind, yes. yeah. <laughs> Was it hard to... I mean, that's pretty intense. Some people couldn't handle that. Was it hard to just go home at night and leave that, you know, out? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, yeah. you know, I think, you know, when you're sitting in the room, uh, sitting in a room with someone on death row, you know, chit-chatting about, like, the weather or whatever, <laughs> it's, a oh little, it's a little strange <laughs> to then leave and go back to your normal life. And I actually remember the last um, person I worked with, I worked very closely with him. It was a man that had been on death row for 25 years and he was executed and I was with him on his final day and even got in the mail after he was executed. I got tapes that he had um, recorded for me from death row and his journal from death row and all of these things that came to me after the fact. And it was very hard to just kind of go back to normal life and pretend that sure. everything was fine after just you know, going through something like that. Oh, my gosh. Have, is this um, the only type of writing you do, or do you have other types of writing? No. So I actually, um, though I went to school for creative writing, I got into nonfiction. Um, besides journalism, I've always been into health and wellness. I'm a huge health and wellness advocate, um, lots of plant-based nutrition, exercise. I was a trainer for a long time. So I actually have four health and wellness books that came out years ago, and I actually have a side business where I um, write nonfiction book proposals for clients who want to land agents in book deals. Amazing. So yeah, I am, like, always writing something, even <laughs> if it's not my own work, yeah. but I just, I really, really love nonfiction, and I, I kind of always have. Yeah, I do, too. I um, grew up in Manhattan, and I feel like that will be oh, nice. my next book sometime, all the Yay. short stories. Yeah. and. Um, I find it to be, um, I always use this word, but cathartic, just to get stuff out there. Um, Very. I really do enjoy nonfiction. Me too. I, I think it's, you know, and I actually read a lot of nonfiction when I'm writing fiction, just to kind of not get influenced by different writers' voices. But I think it's always so great when we can not only be entertained, but just learn something. Um, we're homeschooling my daughter right now, and so we're just like, heavily throwing ourselves into all of these unschooling books and homeschooling and, and just thinking about education in different ways. So I love books that challenge the status quo. That's amazing. Uh, where can people find out more about you? So they can go to my website at reafry.com, R-E-A-F-R-E-Y.com. It pretty much has every single thing on there. And I am on all social media, but Instagram is where I spend most of my time, and my handle is just my name. Um, again, Rhea Fry. Any advice for writers that are listening? Yes. Um, so I know a lot of people always say, like, oh, you know, write as much as you can or read, but I would say study this business. Understand that the books that you're writing are products to sell on a shelf to people, and the business aspect is just as important as writing a good book, and the more you know, even before you get a book deal, the more successful you can be. That's great advice, because a lot of times people look at authors and they think, oh, they must feel relieved. Your book is done. Now you can Oh, my God, no. <laughs> like, the book is the easy part. The writing is the easy part, yeah. and the business, you can't just be a writer today. You have to 
have your hand in so many other aspects of, of the business. And, you know, I think you can get really overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. And you think like, oh, I've written my book. Great. Now what? And, you know, really studying this business and everything that goes into it, asking for help if you don't know what to do. Um, it's so critical and, and such a good component for a lasting career. Right. And because my show is called Get the Funk Out, I always tell people, yes. take care of yourself. Take a break from the writing, from whatever it is you're doing to recharge. And sometimes yes. you feel stuck and you might find an answer while you're taking a walk. You know, that's my biggest thing that I do every day. I take a 45-minute walk without my phone um, and I just process. So that's when I actually work things out for my books or just in general and get ideas. I think so much of writing is actually thinking about what you're writing and that processing time is critical. So I think that's great advice. I know because you, if you're on facing some personal issue, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I cannot really write much if I have some other stuff going on. And then when of I, I clear, yeah. clear the plate, recharge, and then I can do it. Yes. And again, my daughter's always around. <laughs> it's like I get interrupted every five seconds. So I feel like I can't, I cannot um, just concentrate sometimes. And yeah. I find myself getting really stressed. I'm like, oh, I've got to hit this deadline. And, and so instead, we'll, I'll just like step away, go play with her or go for a walk, go jump on the trampoline, something yes. to kind of take my mind off of it, which right. is great. Where's your favorite place to write? You know, it used to be, like, in coffee shops or out in public, but now, you know, my husband, um, he's a graphic designer, and he created this wall for me that says write. It's, like, in graffiti. Um, Ooh, I like so that. my office, I've, I've taken a lot of time to make my office somewhere I actually want to be. So I really do write a lot from home. Um, if I can get away to go write, I love going to Asheville, North Carolina, I rent the same Airbnb that has, like, the most beautiful view of the mountains, oh, and nice. I just indulge and pretend that it's mine. <laughs> I'd probably be napping. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> where, where do you reside? Where do you live? I'm actually in Nashville, Tennessee. You're in Nashville, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So we have to wrap. Yeah. Um, just give your website one yeah. more time. So it's reafry.com, R-E-A-F-R-E-Y.com. Fantastic. Congratulations on your book, Because You're Mine. Thank Rhea you so Fry. much. Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a great day. All right. All right. You too. Bye-bye. If you missed any part of today's show, everything will be up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Uh, and if you want to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E at K-U-C-I dot org. One last time, we are on Twitter, K-U-C-I-F-M. We're on Instagram, K-U-C-I-F-M. Facebook, K-U-C-I 88.9. And Tumblr, blog dot K-U-C-I dot org. And here's our website, K-U-C-I dot org. And I'm on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock have a great monday everybody up next sheldon abbott with cure for the blues we're going to listen to one more track from a new release this is the band french vanilla and this is track four let's check out let's see what this one is this is all the time by uh, french vanilla have a great one i'll be back next week you're listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine